0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 436 and session number 135 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And yes, I do it every single Friday. And uh, well, I've been doing it for about 135 Fridays now. And I'm going to do another one today. So really, really excited to be here. I am beyond fired up today. And the reason is is because I just got back from Dallas, Texas, and we had a TAS meetup there. About 30 of you showed up uh, in that Dallas area, and again, whenever I travel to a certain town or city or wherever I'm going, I I like to let people know that I'm going to be there, and hopefully we can have a little TAS meetup, not just really to come in there and and meet me and, and my team or whatever, it's really to get together with other TASers, and the great thing about that is a lot of times there's some really awesome relationships that form or people that are like, wow, I didn't know that you were so close. Maybe we should have our own meetup. And I, I believe that happened during this meetup. A few guys got together and gals and said we should uh, we should get together and meet up like once a month or once every quarter. And that's really what I want to do here. I want to connect people together. And that's what these meetups do. But what I'm really fired up about is just some big takeaways, some things that that got me thinking and also... I have to be honest, like you guys fired me up, like everyone that was there or just you guys sending in your comments, whether you were at a TAS meetup or not, if you send in your comments, your emails, I read everything and it does inspire me. It motivates me to continue to do this podcast. A lot of people say, Scott, how do you jump behind that mic and just talk into it and uh, and stay energized? Well, a lot of the reason is, is because of you and also those stories that you guys share with me and I'm going to give you guys here, I'm going to give you guys something that you can do. Monday. Okay. Now, if you're listening to this after the fact, you can still go and do this, but Monday I've got a pretty big announcement that I'm going to be, I'm going to be letting you guys in on and it's going to, it's going to have to do with you guys. And it's about hearing your story. And uh, we're going to actually, we're going to have something cool happen uh, after you do that. And uh, we're going to, we're going to have some really cool stuff. So I can't really give it away yet because I'm going to wait till Monday. I want to let you guys kind of, Sit there, give you guys a little teaser, and uh, and let you guys know though it's pretty big, and I'm pretty excited about it, and uh, it's really just gonna involve you sharing your story again, and uh, and kind of giving us a little bit of feedback. And uh, when you do that, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little a little contest or a a little giveaway, if you will. All right. So let me just give you my takeaways uh, for this week. And this week is is really easy because I was there. I was inspired by all of you that that attended, and just again, people that email me on a on a regular basis. So what I took away from this meetup is number one, how powerful meetups are. So if you are in an area where you think that there's other people that would be interested in doing a a meetup, whether it's a TIS meetup or not, do it, all right? You can go to meetup.com and you can create your own and then let people know in that area that uh, that you're doing a meetup. And then, hey, if you get three people, who cares, right? It's like three people that are like-minded and you're in person, you're in a coffee shop or you're in you know that restaurant, wherever you want to meet and just talk shop, right? Get to know each other, get to trade you know, things that are happening back and forth. Really, really powerful, The other thing is, is it'll keep you inspired and motivated and also have someone there as a support partner or as accountability partner. As you guys all know, you know, I always kind of refer back to the fitness industry. You know, like if you have someone that is going to motivate you, inspire you to keep going when you don't feel like going, it's pretty huge. Like if you have to check in or if you have to kind of like say like, well, I really haven't done anything. You kind of feel guilty. Um, That's actually a good thing. The other thing is is just being able to trade, you know, ideas and uh, and just you know bounce things off of each other. So definitely, that's one big takeaway. You know, meetups are absolutely to me critical in success in people's success. Not not just like if you had, you got to go to a big meetup. It's, it could be three person, like I said, three people, four people. Uh, but uh, and the one thing I would say, I guess, is you you want to probably keep it under like ten people. I would say something like that because then it can get a little a little too big. Uh, Like in our case, we're doing it really to get the community together, you know, be able to come in, shake hands, uh, you know, get to meet each other, that type of stuff. But I'm talking like a real meetup where you get there and you trade secrets back and forth. Um, I'd keep it to like 10 or under uh, so that way everybody has a chance. Or maybe you have like three people per, you know, per uh, meetup that get to, you know, maybe talk about what they're struggling with, kind of like a little mini mastermind in a sense. All right. So that's the one thing that I took away. The second thing is, you know, and again, these happen from you guys sharing stories with me, but I had two young ladies uh, come up to me and say, you know what, I was kind of nervous getting into this whole thing, and uh, what I ended up doing was taking the information, and rather than going out there and finding my own product, I found other brick and mortar businesses that had products that weren't selling online or or weren't selling on Amazon yet, and I asked if they wanted me to do it for them, and then from there, they would get a percentage of the sales. And guess what? The businesses said yes. So that's a big one. That's a big one. That was a big takeaway for me. I was like, wow, you know, I've heard of people doing this. Actually, a, a good uh, a good friend of mine now, but one of our students, you know, Jared, uh, has done this. I mean, he's grown uh, just about a million dollar business of his own, and now he's consulting and he's making uh, a good bit of money there as well. So it definitely is something that got my, got my wheels turning. Again, but you got to have the bandwidth for it, but... You also need to decide, like, do you want to do that for someone up front? And you can, again, kind of reduce the risk because you're not going out there and finding a product. You're just taking their products and launching them. Um, So just a little food for thought there. But that's a big one. So what that allowed me to also think about, and I, I want you guys to kind of really let this sink in, is if you have no money to do this business right now, you have time probably. And that would be my next thing is people say, well, I don't have time. Those are excuses, guys. Like we all have time. If you don't have money, I get it. There's ways you can get money, okay, and we talk about that in our 1K Fast Track is where we do our seven-day challenge, which basically boils down to you looking around at what you would put into a garage sale or a lawn sale, and you go ahead and you throw that up on eBay, and you make 500 bucks, it's 700 bucks, 1,000 bucks. We've got people in seven days that have made over $1,000 from stuff they had laying around. So again, those are, to me, excuses. So no money, well, go find money around your house by you know having a garage sale, lawn sale, or putting stuff up on eBay, okay, there, there's your excuse, done, you know, it's gone, uh, the 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 no time, well, I'm sure you can get up an hour early or an hour later or your lunch break, all right, there's always time there somewhere, I mean, I get it, we're all busy and, uh, you know, the crazy thing is, is when people say no time, one of the girls that I met, you know, she's got, she's got kids, she's got a husband, she had a full-time job and she still found a way to go out there and find a consulting client and then launch their products and now she's grown that into her own little, her own little uh Client base, you know, so the, the no time thing and the no money thing, they don't really work for me. Like there's always that, you know, like when I was working my construction job and I was working 60 plus hours a week, I still had time to go do side work. Yes, I wasn't home as much. And yes, I was taking away time from my family, but I'm, but I had to sacrifice that in the beginning in order to get myself to where we were starting our own photography business at the time. Right. And then from there I was able to leave the job and go to the photography business. And that was supporting me now. Then I got what I wanted. And that was a stepping stone. So, so the no money, no time thing, no no excuse for me. They're, they're just none. And I get it. Like we all want to make these excuses. Why? Because we're afraid. Why are we afraid? Because we're afraid of failing. What will we look like in front of our, our family? What will we look like in front of our friends that we tell them that we're going to do this? Have you ever sat there and said, you know, I don't really know if I want to tell anyone yet because I don't want to not do it and then look like a, a, a fool? Like, have you ever said that to yourself? I know I have. I'm like, do I really, even like this podcast, do I really want to go on there and tell people that I'm going to do this one thing and then maybe not do it and then look like an idiot? Like, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, you think like that, but that again means that you're just, you're afraid because you don't think you're going to commit to it, right? So why aren't you going to commit to it? So you have to ask these questions. See how I'm asking these questions back and forth to myself. I'm getting answers and then I can address that, that you know, that sticking point And then I can ask another question. All right. So... No money, no excuses, no time, no excuses, all right? So we just kind of put those to rest. And the people that were at the meetup totally, totally uh, made me see this And uh, because they were sharing their stories. And, And a lot of them had those sticking points. I didn't think I had enough time. I didn't think I had enough money. And they found ways around it. And just about everyone that was there was doing something, whether they had just started their business or just launched their product, or they were selling for the past year and a half and they, you know, they're doing really, really well. Like there's, there there was just a whole range of people. All right. So that's my thought of the week. All right. Is just that meetups are really powerful. If you have an opportunity to go to a meetup, do it or create your own, take the initiative to to create your own if you want to. Uh, Or if we're going to be in your area sometime and you hear us saying that we're going to be there. Show up. We had people travel four to six hours away to come to this meetup and spend the night one night over in a hotel and and hang out. And we were there from like seven o'clock until like twelve o'clock at night. Like so, if you have the opportunity, definitely, definitely do it. I'm telling you, you're gonna walk away energized and and ready to go. And so many people said, "Wow, now that I've I've been here and uh, and we've kind of went, you know." Through all this stuff together and, you know, we met cool people and they're doing it. And I can see that now that I was stuck here, but they were stuck here too, but they busted through it and now they're successful. That's what you need sometimes. All right. So meetups are huge. And then the other thing is, is if you uh, feel as though money or time is an issue, you can put those things to rest because I just went over why. All right. So today what we're going to be answering a few questions. I've got a list building numbers question. I've got selling high priced products question. And the last one we have is trademarking pros and cons, which is always a great topic. So what do you say? Uh, let's uh, let's get ready to rock and roll here. I will remind you the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 436. If you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, record a voicemail there and you can leave your first name, Please leave your first name and where you're tuning in from, and then also your question. All right, so uh, what do you say? Let's do this. Let's get rocking and rolling. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I'll give you my answer.
1: Hey, Scott. This is Bryce from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, My wife and I actually have been listeners uh, of your podcast for about a year now. We're getting really close to launching our first product, and I got to say that we've gotten so much value from this podcast, from the TAS community on Facebook, um, love your power hours with uh, with Dom and, and Chris. Those are fantastic to watch. I always get a, a kick out of uh, uh, watching those. So thanks for everything you continue to do for the community and all the information you're putting out there. It's just incredibly valuable. So thanks again. Um, but I, we wanted to run this question by you regarding launching our product and building a list. We have watched that build list um, video a few times. We have been through all the training videos and we started off with Instagram ads primarily, uh, mostly because they were just a little bit lower barrier to entering in terms of getting it all set up. And um, we have gotten some success from it. We have gained about 200 emails in a matter of three weeks, I would say. Uh, but the cost per email has been pretty high. And we're not sure if it's due to our offer, um, perhaps the landing page, but I don't think it's the landing page because we are using the plugin, the giveaway boost plugin, and uh, it could be the audience, perhaps as well, that we're targeting. But really, they're they're pretty well matched up with the uh, the product that we're going to be launching, and the offer that we're doing is really in the same kind of market as well. So um, I just wanted to see what like the average statistics are for you know cost per email on Instagram. We're currently getting about anywhere from three to five dollars per email, and maybe it just uh, you know, as you get more emails, they start being shared more and more through that giveaway boost plugin and maybe that cost per email starts going down just because it's being shared. But we haven't quite hit that tipping point yet. Um, and uh, we're just exploring Facebook ads as well. We have started doing a little bit there. Run a, we've run a campaign for about uh, two weeks with just a, a lower, you know, lower budget. And those tend to be around $3 per email. And so, I'm just wondering, maybe if that starts to mature over time, if that cost per email starts going down. So, just want to get your thoughts on that. Maybe you have um, uh, some advice on what we could do, and maybe what other people have been able to do in terms of building lists. Maybe other TAS listeners that you've been able to work with and see their campaigns and performance. So, just kind of curious what um, what advice you could give us, and then what numbers you know we could we could expect moving forward because we really want to be able to build this list and use it to launch our product successfully. So. I uh, really appreciate the time, everything you're doing again. Um, yeah, we'll continue to listen to the podcast, and thanks so much, Scott.
0: Hey, Bryce, thank you so much for the question, and thanks for the kind words and all of the feedback on the podcast. I'm so glad that you're finding it valuable, and I'm so glad that you're taking action. That's the best thing that I could hear right there is that you're actually doing something, so awesome and thumbs up to you. All right, so let's dig into this really quickly. Here is the deal. There is no statistic that I can get you that I could say is the average. Like you're gonna probably get this in your market. It's always going to be a test, all right? For anyone out there, like I can tell you that we ran one for our our sneakerhead market, and we were averaging on Instagram about 25 cents an email. Uh, and then I could say that we did it over here in the fishing space, and it was. So the first thing is maybe your audience, your real audience isn't on Instagram, or maybe they're not the ones on there that are going to follow through uh, the, you know, the link and then enter. So maybe that's going to be not the right place to go find your, your audience. Maybe it is Facebook. Okay. Uh, I would say that you have to probably test another Instagram page, not just that one. So I you know, to kind of rule it out, I would have to do that. The other thing I would ask myself is maybe the audience that you're finding on Instagram, your offer isn't, you know, aligned with them. So that those are some things that I would look at for Instagram if that's where you want to go. But I would test both. I would test Instagram and I would test Facebook. And then you may find just that. You may find that Instagram, uh, they're higher leads, but maybe they're more responsive, And then you may say, I find cheaper leads on Facebook, but they're not as responsive, meaning that they don't open your emails. Um, I wouldn't think that because Facebook seems a little bit more engaged, uh, but you never know and you kind of have to test that. And uh, that's why Chris Schaefer always says, it depends because we have to test these different things. Um, There's not one set like statistic or one set average that I could give you and say, oh, you're gonna get definitely fifty cents a lead. Like I can't say that because I don't know your market and I don't know from testing. Like right? I haven't tested those things. So those are some things that I would do. What I would do probably is I'd look at the offer, make sure that that's hundred percent aligned. I, I, I would want to know that that offer is like a no brainer, and anyone that's in that space is going to be like, yeah, I'm gonna just put my name and email in there because I want that. Like I want that. I'm such a uh, you know I'm such a huge fisherman, and I want that bass kit. Right. I want that because that's me. Right. So you got to know your audience. That's number one. Number two is it's going to be testing. So you're going to have to test that offer. But with that all being said, I would probably take those 200 emails that you have. I would upload those to Facebook. Okay. Inside of your ads manager. And I would start running a lookalike audience to those people. Okay. Now it wouldn't be targeting those people. It would go find people that look like those people. So the same interests, you know, the same criteria. So that's probably where I would start. I'd take that base of 200 that you paid for, and I'd upload those into Facebook in the Ad Manager, and I would do a lookalike audience. And that lookalike audience then could could be a lot larger. It could be, you know, starting at like 3,000 people, but all the way up to three million people. Uh, and that's what we've really done. We've actually taken like a small set of emails, and then we'll, we'll upload them into uh, Facebook. Uh, in our ads manager, and then we'll create a lookalike audience, and that usually converts pretty well. Um, we're finding, I mean, we started out wanting to get emails for about a dollar a piece. We were like, okay, if we get them for a dollar a piece, that's going to be a good number. Uh, but we are, you know, since tweaking and since doing these tests, uh, we've been getting them down to around 15 to 25 cents, somewhere in that range. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that that's what everyone is going to get. Like I said, we were still happy paying a dollar a piece for an email. So a 1,000 emails would be a $1,000. Um, to us, we were willing to pay that. Uh, but we're dialed in now. We found out where our audience is. And now whenever we want to run another contest, we just tap into that network. And, uh, and now we kind of just keep running that ad. And we can continue to do lookalike audiences because the lookalike audiences can be really, really large. Um, so that's what I would do. I think $3 to $5 is high. I think you have to still test and tweak to get that down to your dollar or lower and I think if you if you go over to Facebook you'll probably be able to do that easier than doing it on Instagram because Instagram you're gonna to have to find an influencer you're gonna to have to pay them whatever their fee is and you're gonna to have to run that and see what happens The other thing is is I would look at that Instagram page that you use and make sure that it's an engaged page meaning, If you look at a page that you want to promote on and you see that they just posted something an hour ago and it's only got 60 likes on it, then you know it's probably not that engaged. Let's say it's a 300,000 Instagram page. Uh, Then it only gets 60. Well, you're probably only going to get a small percentage of people out of that 60 that liked it, that seen it to actually go over there and enter their name and email address. But if you... Do that like we did that in the sneakerhead market, where we seen that this one page had, let's say, 300,000, but they would put out a post and in an hour they had over, you know, a thousand likes. Then we know that we're going to get a a small portion of that. Even if we get 250 of those, then we're okay. Um, And especially on that page because it was a smaller page, we only spent like 50 bucks. So, I mean, do the math, it's, it's, you know, it, it can work out where you can get them below a dollar a lead. So those are some things to think about. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, what the heck is Scott talking about? All this Facebook ads, Instagram influencers and stuff. If you haven't launched yet, don't worry about it. But when you are ready, uh, I would definitely recommend going through our free workshop that can be found at the amazing forward slash build list. And that will outline everything for you and show you exactly what we're doing in and kind of what uh, Bryce is, is going through as well. So hopefully this helped you, Bryce. Keep me posted. I want to know and I want to continue to see how you're doing and how you're tweaking that. And uh, maybe we can do an update one in the, in the, in the future. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to the next question.
2: Hi, Scott. So my question is regarding um, finally taking the plunge. And... Um I know a lot of people when they start out they have a hard time figuring out what product they want to sell. Uh I actually looked at the FBA because I have a product. Uh it's a product that's handmade uh by someone I know. Um it's actually, you know, pretty pricey. It's in the, you know, couple hundred dollar uh, couple hundred dollar price range and uh it's a textile product which is perfect for outsourcing to China. Now my question is um if I'm trying to replicate that, you know, at lower cost uh is that a bit of a gamble because i imagine uh even in china this will probably be a 30 to 40 dollar a unit um product now i'm afraid that you know i might get stuck with those because they don't sell or whatever and they'll have cost to me much more than a small item would so do you think that's a good place to start uh or should you start by something smaller and uh move into more complicated products. Thanks a lot.
0: Hey, Mark, thank you so much for the question. And you probably wonder how I knew your name and you didn't say it because I seen your email that came through. (laughs) Sometimes the name comes through by the email that someone sends it. But guys, please do me a favor. I almost say this every episode. Just give me your first name. And that way there, I can call you out by name. If I don't see the name on the email, I can't address that. Even though it's not a huge deal, I do want to know kind of like who I'm talking to. So Mark, thank you so much for the question. And number one, like you are in like a great spot. Like anyone out there that has products that they make themselves currently or a handmade, like you guys are in a great, great spot. Why you may ask? Well, because you can go ahead and launch five units of your, of your made product and test the market like that. Did you hear that? I just snapped my fingers. That was a fast way of doing it, right? Like I mean, you can you can make 5 of your things and even if they're they're, you know, longer to make right now, you can at least put it up there. You can, you know, build out your listing, you can take pictures, you can do everything. Like so to me, that's a no-brainer, all right? So get that product up there and test it. Like if you got if anyone out there listening makes homemade or handmade product, okay, like out of fabric, or maybe you even make stuff out of wood, I don't know, like whatever you make, okay, you can put that up there, you can also put it up there, it's kind of like the Etsy uh, Etsy of Amazon now, is where you have handmade stuff, you have a whole other marketplace that can open up uh, to you for this stuff, because it's handmade, all right, but even if you didn't have that, That's just another side thing. Even if you didn't have that, you are in control right now of putting something up. You're not having to wait for a sample to come. You're not having to wait uh, to get your first shipment in. You can test it. And if you wanted to, it may be a lot of work up front, but you could put 25 units up and test it. You can start running pay-per-click. So there's a lot of cool things that you can do. Anyone out there that's also seeing someone in their own network of people that make handmade stuff and you wanna help them launch their product on Amazon, there you go. Like we just talked about that in the beginning about how I found out, like by going to our meetup, that you know, some people there are doing consulting. Well, that could kind of be your thing too. So again, I, I get excited about that because anyone that has product that they can they can make themselves or have made locally or with someone that they know, that's gonna that's gonna make your process a lot simpler in the beginning to test. All right. So the second part to this is well, what about you know, ordering over in, in uh, China, my product, it's going to cost more because you're selling a high ticketed price. And, and I think that's great. Like if you want to sell a a product that costs more, that's awesome because now you're going to be able to, uh, you know, obviously make more money because one sale is going to still maybe yield you 30 to 50% but you're charging more, but it's going to cost you more. So what you're saying is if I send a product over there and I want to have them make it, they're going to maybe have to make 300 units and it's going to cost me $30 a unit or $50 a unit. But here's the deal. Listen to what I just said. You're going to be able to test before you do that. That's the critical thing here because all you're going to have them do is make your product over there. You're going to be able to send them your product. They're going to then make a prototype. They're going to actually send that to you. They're going to send a sample to you, and then you're going to be able to go ahead and uh, and say, yes, this is what I want. This is exactly what we're doing. We're just now we're mass producing it. So... That would be my answer to your question, uh, Mark, and uh, I would definitely, definitely do that. I think you're in a great spot. Anyone else out there that's listening that's in this type of spot, you're in a great spot in this business because you can go ahead and test a lot quicker than we can. All right, so hopefully that helped you. Let's go ahead and listen to the last question. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this baby up, and you guys can get on with your weekend. What do you say? Let's do it.
3: Hey, Scott. This is Dan from the UK. Um, really appreciate your podcast and all that you do. And personally benefited from uh, your knowledge and also your enthusiasm and keeping me going, even when times get a little tricky, as they do from time to time. Anyway, my question is about brand registry. So I've got a brand. I've got five SKUs on Amazon. I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. And uh, I'm now thinking about the pros and cons of brand registry. I don't have much problems with counterfeit goods. Um, I have a couple of people on the listing, you know, trying to uh, resell my products, but um, no counterfeiting to speak of. So I just wondered, is it worth me registering my brand, um, going through the the uh, trademarking process, which obviously is an investment? And what will the benefits be essentially if if I go down that route? Okay, thanks again. Thanks. Bye bye.
0: Hey, Dan, what's up from the UK? Thanks so much for the question. Thanks for the kind words too, by the way. And you are actually at the point right now that I would say absolutely you should register for a trademark. You said you have five SKUs. You have a brand that's doing pretty well. I probably would have did it even sooner, all right, because it is going to take some time. Now, you know, what's it going to take? Well, you can hire a lawyer to do it. There's, uh, there's a few companies out there that also make it easier. I know LegalZoom does it. I've done one through LegalZoom. Uh, there's also, I believe, it's Trademark Engine. I believe is the one. Um, I'll link up some some resources in the show notes. But you know, really, what you need to understand also is that if you have this this brand that you have, right, this this company, and you have goods that are selling, you want to do your best to protect them. Now, you said that you don't have anybody counterfeiting, but you said you have some people that occasionally come on and sell on your listing. Now, I'm assuming these are your products that someone else purchased, and now they're just reselling them. I don't know if you've done giveaways in the past, and then people bought those, and now they're reselling them on your listing. That is technically legal. It's still a hijacker, but it's legal, but it's kind of like a hijacker that has like two different products of yours or two different items, and then they just resell them. Like... It's, it's not really a hijacker that we think of is that someone is taking your product, they're, they're having a manufacturer make your product, and then they're acting as though it's your product. I'm doing the air quotes here. Um, because there's a little bit of a difference. We can sell on your listing. If I bought your product and I never opened it and I just want to go ahead and resell it, I can do that. It's totally fine. And that's kind of what retail ARB is, really. Like if I found your product on the shelves of a, a retail store and there was five of them, I can go ahead and buy them at a discount, and I can relist them on your listing, because technically, Amazon doesn't want me to list the same exact SKU. Uh, It doesn't want me to list it separately. It doesn't want to create a new product in the catalog, because it's not really a new product. The problem is, is when people try to pretend as though they bought it, and that's what we call, that's kind of counterfeit, right, because now they're taking a product They're saying, hey, manufacturer, make it look exactly like this with the same packaging, the same design, and all that stuff, and I want to go ahead and get these ordered. And then they jump on your listing and act as though it is their product. That's a no-no. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And that's not really what you're talking about. You're having an occasional person come on and just resell some of your product. That's basically what they're doing, almost like a wholesaler would in a sense. Um, Okay, what's the pros and cons? The pros and cons are this. As you grow a brand, as you're doing right now, you are then going to be able to protect it for if you do have counterfeits. It's going to be a lot easier to protect that, and I believe that Amazon gives you a little bit more juice, if you will, in a sense. Not necessarily where they're going to rank you better or something, but they are going to recognize you as a trademarked brand, so you are a little bit higher than everyone else when it comes to their priority list, all right? Now, the other thing is, if you ever wanted to sell your brand, guess what? If you're trademarked, that's going to be another notch in uh, in the sale where you're going to be able to get a little bit more because you've went through that process, and now you're more of a locked down brand in a sense. So that's the other pro. Uh, The other thing is, is, again, once you do that, you can kind of put your trademark sign on there, and then this way here, people that are, well, hijackers that are kind of scraping along and they're seeing, you know, different brands, yours is going to be one that they're not going to want to probably do because they're going to know it's going to probably get them in trouble or it's going to be harder. They're going to look for the ones that have not done that, so... Those are really the benefits. I think at this point, though, if you're a brand, you want to trademark that. I know our new brand, we're just going to be going through that process right now. And the reason why we waited and anyone really should wait in this process is because you don't want to do it for a brand that just doesn't work or that maybe you start it, but then you want to pivot and you want to go towards a different direction. You kind of want to know that because you are going to be then creating this brand that is trademarked and it takes about seven to eight months depending and it costs money. So in the beginning, you don't necessarily have to get trademarked, but the trademark is there to me as a way to protect the brand, but then also it's a way to add more value to the brand. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that, but if you go to sell that brand and you may think to yourself right now, I'm not going to sell that brand, but if you ever did, that's another asset, just like building the list. Like if you come to the table and you have a, a, you know, an FBA business and you have also your website that has a lot of traffic, and then you have, uh, you know, your your trademarked, and you have a list uh, of uh, of email subscribers of ten thousand people, and you have a Facebook page of uh, ten thousand people, and and you have all of these different social channels and stuff. Like that's more valuable. That's more valuable to to a a, a buyer because now you have all that stuff done, and you've really you've you've really rounded out the brand. All right, so that would be my suggestion for you. I would definitely start doing that, especially if you have five SKUs right now that are doing pretty well, and you know that you're going to be moving forward in this direction, I would definitely do it. That would be my, my advice to you. All right, so that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode, guys. A lot of, lot of stuff happening. Like I said, the meetup was amazing. I'm still on a high from that, so I want to thank everyone once again, uh, and look out for the uh, the podcast episode on Monday because I am going to be announcing something that you guys can participate in and we're going to have a couple of cool prizes. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. And uh, I really look forward to, uh, to seeing you guys participate in that because it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to get me even more fired up, which who knows what'll happen then. I mean, I may just explode. I don't know. It's just, how do you get more energy, right? I get a lot of people say, Scott, how do you get energized? I don't know. I just, I feed off of other people, but I also get excited about what we're doing and the, the businesses that we're, we're building or that we're helping. Uh, I just get really super excited about it. So take that on with you for the weekend. Be energized. Get out there. Make it happen. And uh, remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you. And I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, weekend, whatever it is. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.